It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We're lawyers, mothers, and co-hosts of the bipartisan podcast, Pantsuit Politics. We have more in common than divides us. In a world that defaults to false dichotomies, we explore the messiness of living wisely. The choices, trade-offs, priorities, and grace of living a nuanced life. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Nuanced Life. We're going to talk about some pretty intense parenting matters today. But first, we have a question that came from a little mix-up that is just most excellent. Melanie wrote to us to say, I just listened to the latest episode of The Nuanced Life, and I misheard Sarah's, is there a mixer you recommend, as is there a mystery you recommend? So now I'm curious what your favorite (laughs) mysteries are. And (laughs) Melanie, we're happy to talk about this. This is so good. It's so good. Beth, what are your favorite mysteries? I can't remember the last time I read a true fiction mystery. I grew up and that was all I read. I read everything John Grisham wrote. I read all the Sue Graftons. You remember the like... A is for whatever, all the way through mm-hmm, the alphabet. Mm-hmm. I did those. I love Mary Higgins probably Clark. my favorite was Mary Higgins Clark. Yes, yeah, I I sure. read most of those like twice at Where least. Where are the children? Oh, so good, so good. I loved the one in the luxury spa. Do you remember mm-hmm. that one? I think it was mm-hmm. called Weep No More, My Lady. So those were my favorites. As an adult, I'm much more of a nonfiction person. I feel that Catch and Kill might fit in the scope of Melanie's question, and I loved that book by Ronan Farrow. So I also read a lot of fiction in high school, specifically Mary Higgins Clark. I have read the first two of J.K. Rowling's detective series, and I read a lot of mysteries um, based on Ann Bogle's recommendation probably two years ago, a couple last year. But even though they were all exceptional, like I love sort of the Leanne Moriarty, Big Little Lies genre, and I enjoy those books, it's just not my favorite. And so I read enough of them to know I'm probably not going to be reading much more. I don't love crime fiction generally. I don't like true crime generally. My biggest issue with mysteries is that I read them so fast just to find out what happens. I might as well just, like, Google the spoiler, the plot spoiler. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to know what happens. I read them too fast to actually enjoy the writing, even though there are so many I loved. Like, I loved Gone Girl. I loved Girl in a Train. Like, it's not that I don't like them, and I think especially, you know, Jillian Flynn is probably the exception. Whatever she writes, I will read because I think she's an exceptional writer. So she's probably maybe my favorite mystery. That's probably the answer is her and that I would continue to read her. But overall, I've realized, like, there's other stuff I enjoy more. Now, I do love a book that, like, not necessarily a crime, but maybe, like, you know something happened, but you don't know. Like, a very—I don't know if that's a mystery, if it's just plot-driven— I'm I'm here for a good plot. I just have to be careful because if they're too mysterious, 
I am literally just like reading the first sentence of every paragraph trying to find out what happened. Something really switched in my brain after I had kids, too, where I struggle with anything that is very violent. And that's true about TV shows. Like, I used to love Criminal Minds and shows like that, procedurals. And I just can't. If someone's dead, I don't want to watch it anymore. And I struggle with Jillian Flynn's writing, which I think is brilliant. I agree. But I I have nightmares. It's just too much for me. So if I were to pick up a mystery today, I would want it to be more like someone is stealing works of art um, or some kind of corporate espionage situation. Yeah, yeah. I could do that. I really want to watch that. The, the Meryl Streep movie about the Panama Papers that's streaming. I just haven't because it didn't give good reviews, so I lost my momentum. <laughs> no, I think it looks good, though. I'm I'm interested in that, too. I like learning about moments in history. I like spins on history, sort of what if this had happened instead of that. But I just I don't know if I could sit down and read like a whodunit at this point about a murder. It's not necessarily the violence for me. I mean, look, I'm reading Columbine right now, which hits very close to home and it has a lot of violence and crime in it and is exceptional and I'm glad I'm reading it. But it's just the the procedurals, the dramas, and even I think a certain amount of mystery writers, they just get so formulaic. Like that's why I still listen to Criminal. I love that podcast. I said I don't like true crime, but I listen to Criminal on and off. I like the mysteries or true crimes or any sort of crime genre that is unexpected or that is approaching it from a different perspective or approach. Otherwise, I'm just I'm, I'm not I'm not here for it. Well, we would love to hear what y'all are reading. If you have recommendations for either of us based on what we just shared, send them along. I mean, because I'm all in on fiction, believe. I'm like I'm probably a solid 60 to 70 fiction, nonfiction. I don't know. Probably 60, 40. I think I read three fictional books last year. I mean, almost all of my reading is nonfiction. That's not necessarily good. I enjoy fiction. I really love short stories. But I usually look at fiction and think, I mean, that's fine, but I should be reading, you know, X, Y, or Z to learn. As my former therapist said, don't shit all over yourself. I know it. I know now. I mean, listen, this is why I read so much. If I was just reading nonfiction, there's no way I'd read as many books a year as I do. Yeah. It's slow going in the nonfiction world. (laughs) Yes. Fiction is like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I love it. But I also really like in my nonfiction reading books that challenge me and that are slow going and where I'm not just trying to get it checked off. So it's a balance like everything. Mm -hmm. It's balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But thanks for the question, Melanie. And please, everyone, send us your audible mishears that leave you to areas of curiosity. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. Is there something? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals... 
I know that one of my goals for 2020 is gaining more clarity about what is standing in my way and what obstacles are preventing me from the growth and insight I want. And I know that therapy is always a huge part of gaining that clarity. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com NL, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 700,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for the Nuance Life listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com NL. Jen wrote us about the journey her family has been on since her child came out as transgender in August. Jen and her husband are determined to live out what they've said and modeled since their daughter was a child, that we love you no matter what. Jen says, as we are working through all the emotions that come with this, we are finding it challenging to navigate what seems to be messaging from the trans community she's internalized about what support looks like from loved ones such as us. As I've been told by my daughter, support is defined as demonstrating acceptance without asking for understanding. If we need to understand how our child came to this conclusion, that creates a sense of conditional validation for her, a way of saying, I can only accept your identity if I can understand it. We feel our desire to understand is driven by our acceptance, not the other way around. We have led with unconditional love, but that doesn't seem like enough. Do we have to relinquish all desire to understand details? which have been asked for but described as too painful to relive or for the sake of their relationship? Where is the desire of the trans community to help those who love them foster meaningful relationships with them if there's no room to seek understanding? How could we communicate what we need? Every conversation feels fraught with fear that we may say something that could be interpreted as unsupportive, which could result in cutting us off. And you know, Sarah, when we said let's do Ask Sarah and Beth, I figured that we would not really have much of a warm-up period. And here we are in a very mm. important and difficult conversation. And I really applaud you, Jen, for having the courage to put your emotions down like this and send them to us so that we can talk about it. First of all, I think August was not that long ago. And so both Jen and her family are still in probably the initial shock of dealing with this change and this really intense revelation. And so the first thing I think I would advise is give yourself some grace. This is a very difficult period. You will not be here forever, and neither will your daughter or the other members of your family. And so I think being able to take a deep breath, like you said, articulate some of your current struggles is really important. Jen also 
made it clear to us that her family is in counseling. So that's great. Reaching out for mental health help and professional assistance is key. And just taking the minute to see how far you've come from August since August and also acknowledging that you're at the very beginning of this journey. And I think knowing you're at the beginning of the journey might help as you think about what the next parts of it look like, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have experience with having to share with people something as profound as I am transgender. I can imagine, though, that sharing that has to feel like jumping off a cliff in some ways. Mm -hmm. And when you first jump off a cliff in whatever form that takes, I think you are looking to just be caught and to trust that you're really being caught. And I can imagine that it will take a while before you're really ready for anything beyond just being caught. And having the discussion about how we got here seems to me to be down the road. I completely understand, Jen. My mom has told me for my entire life how much she loves my details. And she has said it in that way that you kind of feel like that's where all the love is, that interest in everything I do in my life, the decisions that I've made, how and why I've made them. My mom has always listened to every single detail that I'll give her and wanted more. And that's a big part of how she loves me. And so I can completely understand where your questions are coming from, Jen, and how they can come from that place of love, not of judgment. And I can also imagine how your daughter just might not be in a place where she can feel them that way yet because she's still in that period of just wanting to know that she made it off this cliff and that she is still loved and supportive and cared about. The other thing. I was thinking about with regards to where you are in the journey is that you will never understand, no matter how many details you get, what it's like for your daughter. And also that there is understanding available to you from people further down that journey that doesn't have to come from your daughter. You know what I mean? Like, I think you can both gain deeper understanding and maybe figure out the answers to some of your questions by looking to resources within the trans community of people willing and further along in this journey to share their story, not just with you, I'm talking to individual conversations, but in books and articles and podcasts and all kinds of things. And I'm sure resources you're already looking into can tell that from the question. And also that There is a place for the paradox of there are more details out there and no amount of details is going to fully illuminate your daughter's journey because it's her journey and she's the only one who will know what it's like. And I think that's really hard when we see people we love struggling or when we are grieving something or struggling with their journey, is that I find myself constantly thinking, if I know enough, if I understand enough, if I can compare it enough to some of the journeys in my own life, then I'll understand it. Then I'll fix it. But that's not the case. We feel similar emotions going through very different experiences, of course. But 
we'll never fully understand what it's like to walk that road. And that's really difficult, I think, when we think about our own children, that there are just parts of their lives we will never understand. And I think striking that balance between gaining additional perspectives so that you have some depth of understanding and also leaving space for the mystery of a human being, another human being, even if it is your own child, is difficult but really, really important. Maybe another way to think about this is that empathy has its limitations. I think that's what you're saying really well, Sarah, that our ability to put myself in someone else's shoes is always limited by our own experience. And so maybe what we're looking for is less empathy and more attunement. What are, what are the needs of this person right now? And whatever they are, my first role is to meet those needs. And my needs might have to come later for a while. And when you get to that later place, maybe it's less that you are looking for understanding and more that you're just expressing interest in her individual journey. Like Sarah said, there are lots of places you can go to get some components of what that might look like. Maybe down the road, you do get to hear more about your daughter's specific journey, even subject to the limits of your own understanding. I think, though, that making sure it comes across as less, I need to understand in the sense of I get it. I could see myself in that same place because you you probably won't ever. And it can be more, I've heard you and I care about you. And I want you to know that that all of your story belongs here in the context of our family and that we are here for it is really important. And I think a really important step along the way, Jen, and I say this even with awareness of how much I would struggle in your shoes, is recognizing that for a time, that transgender community that is offering this language to your daughter is probably going to feel closer to her than you do. And that sucks. That would be so incredibly difficult. And I also think it is a necessary part of this process because this is an isolating experience. And when we have been in isolated experiences and suddenly we can surround ourselves with people who know that experience, there just is something about that that is important and is a relief. And it's a relief that you almost just need to be able to completely immerse yourself in for some period of time. And so as much as you can, I think, Jen, it's important for you to kind of celebrate that connection that your daughter is finding in this new community instead of viewing it as something that puts distance between the two of you. Because I think that distance um, can be navigated more effectively and more quickly if you're if you're able to celebrate with her finding this space of people who have have shared some of what she's walking through. And thank you so much, Jen, for trusting us with this question yes. and for reaching out. And we wish you and your family and your daughter all the best. Katie sent a commemoration that we wanted to share also from the world of parenting. And she sent it with her own voice, which we we're thrilled about. So here in Katie's own words, it's her commemoration. It has been a year since we brought our son home from his stay at the local mental health facility for young children. And it has been kind of a crazy year, but we are in a much better place than we were 
this time a year ago. Um, we've had to uh, travel out of state for treatment. Um, we've had to work really hard as a family at going to therapy, um, all kinds of therapy. We have managed to stay employed. Um, we've managed to try to be decent parents to our other child. And, uh, but most importantly, we've figured out that, um, we can get through it. And, um, we've had to learn how to talk to people about, um, this kind of chronic illness, uh, in a way that feels good to us, um, and is respectful of our son's privacy. But we've also talked a lot about how to share our journey, uh, in a way that can destigmatize, uh, mental illness, especially for children. And, uh, we've had a lot of people be really kind and supportive of us, um, including our school system and, um, you know, friends and family. So we're really grateful for all the things that have happened this year. We know that, you know, it's kind of a, there's no beginning, middle and end to this kind of thing. It just is, but this is still a milestone. And I think it's part of our journey is to mark those times. So it's been a very, uh, important year. Um, and I'm looking forward to what next year holds. Um, so just wanted to, to mark that and to encourage anyone who is struggling to definitely keep seeking treatment, especially for um, something that's hard to treat uh, or hard to identify or diagnose. Um, it takes it takes everything you have and it's worth it. So, um, and if you have a friend who's struggling, um, don't be afraid to say the wrong thing. Just um, Just show up in whatever way you think makes the most sense. I really appreciated this from Katie. You can hear in just the language that she chooses and the way she talks about this, how thoughtful she and her family have been throughout this process. And something that I loved is that this is a commemoration a long time in the making and also not a final commemoration, that there is a Mm -hmm. lot more road ahead of her. And she's still taking this time to mark where they are, which I think is so healthy and inspiring. One of the most difficult journeys I think we can take as parents are any struggles that have to do with our child's mental health. It is just a more intense manifestation of all the things we have to walk through and deal with as parents, which is our lack of control, our lack of expertise, often a lack of resources, of really good resources to deal with the problems our children face, the limits of culture and institutions. And, you know, it's something that I have a lot of anxiety about. And to hear Katie shout back from the other side, like, we did it. We're still doing it. It's hard. We've made progress. We've learned. We've grown. We're still here loving each other. It's so incredibly encouraging and fills me with so much hope and just love for her and her family. Yeah, we're still doing it is like the the part of this message that resonates most with me and just the commitment that, you know, as a parent, I think every day is like that in some ways, whether you are navigating a mental health challenge or a physical obstacle or just struggling in school, whatever it is, every day is kind of a, okay, I'm going to get up and show up for this work again today. And 
to be doing that with such grace and such awareness and thinking not only about your individual child, but reducing the stigma on behalf of other families and making sure resources are available for other families and trying to connect with people who are navigating similar challenges. I just think Katie is really as present in this journey as a person could be. And I so admire it. Thank you, Katie, for sharing that journey with us and for encouraging us. Thank you to Jen. Thank you to Melanie for the hilarious question about our favorite mysteries. Please keep the advice questions and commemorations coming. You can send them to hello at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. And until next week, keep it nuanced, y'all. Dylan Garvin produces The Nuance Life. Elise Knapp is our managing director. The Nuance Life is listener supported. Go to patreon.com slash the nuance life. For $5 each month, you'll receive an entire bonus episode of The Nuance Life. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Dylan Garvin is the composer and performer of our ad music. For more information about The Nuance Life and to connect with us through our weekly email, visit pantsuitpoliticsshow.com.